welcome back to Black, Broken, Anxious. My name is June and I'm your host. And today we have a special guest, Marina Joseph, who I found on Instagram. So basically I was scrolling through Instagram and all I saw is fuck PCOS. I was like, yeah, I'm with her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. (laughs) And I was following you for a while and then I saw you put up this post. And it was about prolonged periods. It was like your year anniversary or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, this is the first time I have seen someone talk about prolonged periods in this whole PCOS community, because that's never spoken about. It's always like, okay, you don't have any periods. Your period hasn't come for like a month. Your period hasn't come for this. No one ever speaks about this. And I had prolonged periods and I just thought like I don't know if it's a common thing I know irregular periods is a common thing but like I said they more talk about not having a period whereas it was really nice to like know that there's someone out there that's actually going through that same thing as me like we've we've both gone through it because I don't find a lot of people thank you well thank you for having me um I'm actually doing pretty great (laughs) you know given all the circumstances going on right now in the world and stuff you know it's kind of heavy but um yeah I'm so excited to be here and you know talk about prolonged periods because as you said a lot of people um talk about the absence of periods but um for the longest time I didn't even know that um there were other women out there that were feeling what I was feeling because with prolonged periods there comes a whole slew of other mental health issues that come with it you know it it takes a toll on you uh, financially mentally um, with your intimacy with a partner or even your dating life you know there's a lot of things that are affected by it so it's really nice to like be able to have a conversation about this because I know that there are a lot of other women out there um, you know that experience this too Um, and a lot of the times um, it's usually like either dismissed or just not talked about so Yeah. thank you for having me so <laughs> okay my love so if you want to tell me your or tell us your PCOS story from like you know investigation what the symptoms were to diagnosis mm-hmm. yeah sure um so uh for me uh, actually you know it took me forever to get diagnosed like a lot of other women with PCOS um for me it started right from the beginning uh when I had my first period um I think I was around the age of like 12 13 um and the thing is like you know during that time my mom was actually out of the country so um I didn't really have the support of my mother to really understand much about what was going on I was kind of navigating navigating it myself um and I didn't realize that you know this is something that comes every month because uh, for me it wasn't like that at all um you know I would have it this week and then you know like maybe three months would go by and then um I wouldn't have a period and then all of a sudden it would come and it would last like three weeks or something um and I only started to realize okay something's off when like all my other friends were like hey like you know I'm gonna get my next period on this day and I'm like how do you know that like you know I was just like that is so cool like that you could tell who knew there was a schedule to it (laughs) exactly like you know you could just put it in your calendar and like you just know when it's coming so you can plan (laughs) your life according to it and I was just like this is weird so you know when I started telling my mom like you know this is kind of like I'm noticing this 
that's when we decided, okay, let's go see the doctor. Um, and of course, the first thing he did put me on birth control. Like there were no investigations done at all. No blood work, no ultrasounds, nothing. Just put me on birth control. He's like, you know, you probably just have irregular periods. Let's regulate it. And at that time, like one of my questions were even at like that age, I was like, well, are these pills going to affect my fertility in the future? Right. And of course, the answer was no. Right. Mm. Um, You know, so the thing is, when he had put me on birth control, I was very, very sensitive to it. Like, I thought it was bad off the pills, but like on the pills, it was just a whole other slew of symptoms. And I, I know a lot of women can relate to this. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, it really does re- like cause havoc on your body. Some women can tolerate it really well and some just can't. So for years, they kept experimenting with different birth controls. Um, and over that time, of course, I was gaining the weight that was like so hard to, to get off, um, you know, and my symptoms just kept getting worse. And, you know, even on the pill, um, my periods weren't regular. Mm. So it was this constant battle between me saying, hey, you know what, I'm done with these birth control pills. And then the doctor saying, hey, well, there's nothing else we can offer you. So we can try another birth control. Um, so this went on for quite a few years. I went to four different gynecologists um, until I finally got my diagnosis. And it actually just turned out that the fourth, the fourth gynecologist who diagnosed me, I had actually gone to her for a job interview. Um, Yeah, that's how I actually found her. Um, And then, you know, we were such, we had such good chemistry, um, but unfortunately, like for the needs of their clinic, my hours didn't work. So I was like, you know what? if I can't work here, I want to at least be your patient, (laughs) you know? Um, So that's actually how I ended up getting diagnosed. She actually did um, like thoroughly investigate. Um, And that's how I find, she's finally like, you know, yep, you have PCOS. And I was like, wow, like there's finally a name to it, you know, Mm -hmm. because I've asked every single specialist, could this be PCOS? And they were just like, you know, we don't know. And like, like they would always say, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like everyone with PCOS has cysts on their ovaries. So when they would do my ultrasounds, they wouldn't see the cysts that you would, you know, that they were looking for. So automatically, you know, everything else was kind of dismissed, like all the other symptoms. Mm. Um, so that being said, I had my diagnosis. Um, again, it was kind of, you know, if you're not trying to have kids right now, the only thing we can give you is birth control. And if birth control pills don't work, let's try the IUD. Oh, so I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my God. So I thought that, you know, okay, like I'm at this point where I'm about to give up because over the years it started with, you know, going three months without a period and then maybe two weeks. And I thought that was bad, but then over time it would be like three months without a period. And then my period would last two months. And then like, it would just keep going like that. And like, eventually the last period I had ended up lasting two years. Right. Um, so I was like, you know, I cannot live like this because first of all, I can't afford the period products. Like, no, how you do it. It it was, it was so difficult when I tell you, like I looked for eco-friendly, um, options and things were financially like, you know, I tried the diva cup, 
because everybody swears by it but when you have such a heavy flow like that that's not going to sustain you um I can't be going to the bathroom every hour to you know adjust myself yeah so it was really it really took a, a like a mental toll financially everything it was just like my life was revolving around this period um so I tried I gave in to the IUD it lasted I lasted two weeks on it and I, I went to her office and said rip this thing out of me please <laughs> I just couldn't do it and um yeah so I took it out and then you know I continued with this period that just wouldn't go away I tried you know a lot of lifestyle changes and stuff um it helped with some of the symptoms but it didn't stop the bleeding um and now recently i i'm on my fifth gynecologist um she actually referred me to an endo uh, a hormonal endocrinologist so this yeah. is the first time you know i've gotten a step further yeah, um and she actually put me on metformin um and i know i hear a lot of mixed things about metformin but so far that's the one thing that stopped my bleeding so knock on wood oh, wow. yeah I, yeah i haven't bled for a month um yeah so we'll see where this takes us but uh you know there's a lot of like I'm scared for my next period because I'm scared that when it comes it's just not gonna stop again you know but how are you dealing with metformin because I was on metformin for like a week or two and I'll just say it out straight I shitted out my brains and I couldn't work I couldn't I couldn't cope it was awful honestly knock on wood I hope it doesn't change but I haven't had any of the symptoms I think the only thing that I'm having and I don't know if it's like related to the metformin is I'm having like these really bad hot flashes um but that's literally all like and I hope it stays like that because I know a lot of women say the exact same thing that you have said and Mm -hmm. if that's the case I don't I I don't know if I want to deal with that Mm -hmm. um but that's really good a whole month no period (laughs) how does it feel Oh my God. I feel so liberated. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I know women with PCOS, they really want to have their period. Mm. But for me, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Like I am so traumatized by it. Like I'm always checking my underwear, like, sorry, TMI, but I'm always checking yeah. because no, I'm like, yeah, here we're talking about period so yeah. you know there's no there's not there's no such thing as dmi but mm. you know like i'm always checking constantly checking and even when i'm with my partner I'm, i always feel like i have to give him warnings like hey i might bleed this time like we just never know wow. right so it's it's it really as much as i've stopped bleeding i'm still so on edge about it and i'm yeah. hopefully like i can live a normal life after this but uh, do you even know like how much period products you've used within those two years because but yeah. are the periods heavy yeah so they're actually wow. so heavy um I, I could give you an idea um i don't know how it is where you are but um you know like different brands have different color coding so like the purple ones are the ones that are the overnight brands like the heavy okay. heavy pads yeah um so for me um on my heaviest days i would literally line my panties with five of those <gasps> okay and i would have to change that within an hour or two so that could tell you how many just in a day that I would have to go through so like how most people if you buy a pack of pads like you know that would last you like more than the month Mm. for me that lasts like I'm lucky if I can get through that in a week my god right so um thankfully my mom (laughs) 
And I came to this like great idea where we were like, you know what, let me try switching over to like the incontinence diapers, like the ones that are like, you know, after maternity, like women wear those. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That was like a lifesaver for me. Cause first of all, you don't feel like you're wearing anything. They're actually really thin. Mm. Um, but it actually helps with like, you know, when you're sleeping and you get that little, like the blood always ends up going to your back and dripping. Oh yeah, all and he comes. Oh, yeah, you time. don't deal with that with these. What? So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, oh, I gotta put everyone on this. Like, no, trust me, honestly, because I might do it myself. Because I hate that, especially when I'm sleeping and I can feel something, and I'm like, oh hell, because then I have to get out of the bed. And yes, I, and and then you like, oh my god, what if I messed up my panties? Oh, I hope I don't mess up my sheets because my sheets are pink this time. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah this literally solved that problem for me so I'm like you know what like this is actually like I'm not I'm never going back to pads again because even with the pads like when you wear them for so long they irritate your skin like down there right Mm. like like I don't know what kind of chemicals are in these things like Mm. obviously they use stuff um and um yeah it was really irritating on my skin and ever since I switched over um that was definitely a lifesaver for me because like I said I wish the diva cups worked for me like they seem like such a great option but yeah it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything because so. I tried I tried a menstrual cup just like a couple of weeks ago I'm not doing it again <laughs> not for me <laughs> I was like yeah I'm gonna save so much money I'm gonna be laughing yeah no <laughs> so I will do I will do like reusable um tampon applicators and mm-hmm. then organic tampons um because mm-hmm. that really helps with my cramps and really mm. bad cramps so oh do you have did you have really bad cramps as well like with your prolonged periods thankfully not all the time when mm. I get them they were really bad but I was really lucky that that wasn't like a major symptom for me okay. um because I don't know how I would, I would have done both yeah you know, I don't know how yeah because that's what I thought I thought oh my god I, I hope she's not having period pains plus prolonged periods plus mm. they're heavy because then mentally yeah the the weird thing was though instead of the period cramps it was like replaced by migraines instead so when like you know I would have migraines that will last days on days on days um so for me like it was like it was either one or the other you know because I I think a part of it is also when you're losing that much blood you're probably also getting like you know losing a lot of fluid in your body as well like you know, not I'm like dehydrated. Not I am actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I actually, I was actually in the hospital like a few months ago because of it. Like it just got so bad. Uh, like I think it was around Christmas. Um, it got so bad. Like I was actually doing one of my nursing shifts and I, I'm stupid that I didn't bring extra scrubs, but I literally bled. Like I had to do my whole shift this way. Like I bled through my scrubs. I, like it was almost like hemorrhaging. Um, and I ended up in the hospital like two days later cause I lost like so much blood and I was, yeah. I remember like when I had my, I was going through my prolonged period phase. I don't know what brought it on. I don't know where it came from. But it just like, bam, I was on this period for three weeks. I remember like I would have a super plus tampon. I would bleed through that in an hour. I had to double up on pads and have a tampon and then still like give it two hours. A huge like, you know, them huge tampon, like not tampons, you know, them huge pads, mm-hmm. like the really big ones. I would bleed through that and literally mentally I was absolutely losing it and I still had to go to work carry on as if 
my life is day-to-day like normal and one thing I hate about when the heavy periods are coming like you can feel it Mm -hmm. you can feel it and you just feel so uncomfortable like especially I had a fear of sitting down because I know when I get up (laughs) it's gonna be a (laughs) write-off and I work in an office because you yeah. imagine like I sit down and I'd be like oh my god oh my god I have to get out because I need to go to the toilet and I'd have to like figure out where the toilet is and um, make sure I've got like um, my period products like stuffed underneath my thing so I can like so no one because there's men around me and like get up slowly and then do a weird walk it was like a waddle, <laughs> yeah. like a waddle walk that was very like speedy so no one can see it and then you can feel it and you're like oh shit I'm not gonna make it and then just then you just make it and you're like and then you have to deal with this whole bloodbath so I can laugh about it now but at that time I cried I cried my eyes out and there was a um female um she's a director and she was in there she had me crying and she was like are you okay and then (laughs) because obviously I'd opened the door and I'm still crying. There's blood on my fingers. And she's like, go home. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. She's like, no, just, just go home. Because oh she couldn't imagine what was in there. This bloodbath was in there. And that's when I started to really like, I went on, I went on like um sick. And I started during that, I started to really look into my periods. And mentally, how do you deal with that plus? having your day-to-day life that's a really loaded question Uh, yeah it really is because it is I I I don't even know where to start it's very hard because it like my whole world is consumed by my period like that's no matter what task I'm doing all I'm thinking about in the back of my head is I hope I didn't leak I hope I didn't you know Mm -hmm. nobody else can tell like you think when you're these voices in your head are so loud you think the people around you know but they really don't Mm. right um so you know when you are when you're dealing with the pressure of work especially something like nursing where you know you're constantly dealing with people um that are sick have needs are also uh you know sometimes people aren't the happiest and you know they want to take out their anger on you um I've dealt with a lot of abuse with some of my you know uh patients and stuff and the thing is like when you're in your head about what you're going through and you're trying your best to take care of other people when you really need to be taking care of yourself Mm. um it's a constant battle and it's just honestly I just think about it and I'm like you know what this I I think about just women in general um and how much we're expected to function in this world without complaining Mm. um when we're literally bleeding out our vaginas for like <laughs> seven plus days, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, like we're so expected to just show up and not complain and get it done. Um, and that's just how we're wired. Right. Like right. I always think about like, if my partner, um, if he was to have to bleed for seven days, like how would he function <laughs> in this world? Like, you know what I mean? So imagine two years of it. Um, it it was definitely really, really tough because like, you know, my emotions, my hormones, everything's all over the place. 
And I'm still like battling those inner conversations with myself, like be normal, be normal, be normal. Mm. But on the inside, I just don't feel normal, uh, you know, and it also really messes with your confidence. So like, you know, I'm doing therapy right now. And I was even talking uh, to my therapist today. I honestly feel like an imposter sometimes because Mm. I'm so um, in my head about my insecurities with this, with my period and my hormones and stuff. Um, but on the outside, I come off as this very confident person. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't feel connected to that person, but I just don't understand how that translates in the real world. So, um, definitely it's, it's been a journey. But you know what, it's a good thing you're in therapy because I, I, I do say this to everyone, go to therapy. I swear to God, it's the most freeing thing Mm -hmm. because you get it off your chest that makes sense someone's there they may not understand they may not go through the same thing but they're there to help you as you've mentioned you've got a partner so how does intimacy come into it because I feel really like ugly on my period I don't feel Mm. sexy I don't want you to touch me I'm already hot and bothered because I'm on my period I'm already uncomfortable (laughs) and like I don't want you to touch me or say I look good I don't look good I'm bloated and I'm not happy at the moment so like how do you deal with all those emotions especially when you're with your partner and you want to be close to him and you want to be intimate and you can't yeah so definitely that was one of the hardest things um because one of my love languages is physical touch um and you know this two years where I was bleeding, it was so difficult because, um, you know, we really weren't doing it like how we were before. So definitely it really messed with my confidence. Um, you know, we tried to, the one thing I can say though, it really strengthened our intimacy as a couple, as a whole though, because we were able to find love with each other. Like I was able to realize that someone can love me past the physical. And that was something I had always struggled with in my past. So that's definitely something, um, you know, that good that came out of it. One one other thing that like I have to mention is that at my toughest times where, you know, I would think about whether this relationship, if it didn't work out, like knock on wood, I want it to work out. But if it didn't work out, how would I ever go back out of the dating scene again? Because, you know, already just dating with PCOS I, I I actually listened to one of your episodes about dating with PCOS about how you might as well date your uterus <laughs> and I really resonated with that because here's the thing like when you're dating somebody when do you bring up that conversation of PCOS and yeah. you know the potential for infertility right mm-hmm. like like the thing is you don't want it to go too far in and then they're like oh you trapped me or like you know now I don't like you know the feelings oh, are developed but at yeah. the same time you don't want to talk in the beginning how do I bring up the conversation in the beginning of dating someone new by the way I've been on my period for two years so we potentially can't even get intimate you know those were all things that definitely went through my mind um I am very lucky that I have a partner that hasn't made me feel any less of a woman because Mm -hmm. of you know all the symptoms that I'm going through it's definitely hard for sure um now that I've stopped of course we're taking advantage of it as long as we can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, wish, I wish the people listening could see that little dance you did. <laughs> that's fair that's why i do yeah. a podcast you can't see my face i'm telling you i don't hide anything <laughs> i love it but uh yeah like you just never know when the next time it's gonna come back and when it's gonna how long it's gonna take so we just take advantage of it while we can yeah yeah and it's good that you've found that in your partner that you know 
he understands what you're going through and he's there to support you and you know what just really resonated with me where you said they can see you beyond beyond your looks and mm-hmm. love you for you because I mm-hmm. think that's what that's what everyone wants absolutely everyone I want that mm-hmm. of course <laughs> so, so I oh my gosh like touch wood that happens for me too because that it, it will we're putting that into the universe putting it into the honestly <laughs> yes because yeah. there was this lady I was talking to this lady and she was like what did she say so she goes how are you going to explain like you just said how are you going to explain that you're you're um you've got PCOS and I was like listen I'll just play the podcast and run <laughs> literally that's what that's I'm gonna do smart. yeah I'm just gonna play the podcast and run and that's it there we go it's all sorted did you actually have that conversation with your partner so what I'm trying to ask is was that conversation that you are having really heavy periods and you've got PCOS quite early on or was it further in to the relationship yeah no problem so actually um I didn't know I had PCOS when I got with him because that was seven years. Like we've been together for seven years now. Um, I only got my diagnosis, uh, you know, went like fairly recently, like about three years ago, I would say. Um, So in that time, I I guess I just never really, now that I never even thought about that, but I never really had that conversation with him. Um, Because when I first was with him, I was on the end of the spectrum where I was going months without one. Um, and then, you know, like when I had my period, it would last like two weeks, but we never really, it never really phased us. Like it did, does now two years of period, you know? Um, so we just never talked about it. We did talk about the fertility part of it because, um, from the, like, honestly, from when we first met each other, we both already knew we wanted to have each other's babies. Um, <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, that was definitely a conversation we had about the fertility thing. And uh, even then he was still very hopeful that we would figure out a way to, you know, get it. And, you know, even though he wants to have kids bad, um, we were always open to the idea that, you know, adoption, other things are, there's always an option for us. Right. Yeah. So thankful. I was really lucky to yeah. have a partner that understanding. Cause I know like for him, I know as much as, a, as an understanding as he is, he doesn't understand PCOS at all still. <laughs> um, you know, he, he tends to forget a lot. And for me, I cringe a lot bringing it up. Like every time I have to say, Hey, this is like this because of my PCOS, I cringe. Cause like, it almost feels like you're using it as an excuse, but you're not because it really does affect so much of your life but uh yeah it's it's hard it's definitely difficult navigating a relationship with PCOS but um one thing I did learn is that once I started this Instagram page and I like got into this community where I was meeting women just like you um and I developed relationships like this I no longer had that need to like lean on my partner for my PCOS stuff and that took a huge load off our relationship and it really resonated because I was like you know you always hear don't expect one person to be your everything because that's a lot to put on a person yeah And I really understood that through this journey because now I have a space with other women who are actually going through what I go through. So it doesn't feel like I'm being a burden or inventing, Mm. you know, Um, it just feels like I'm talking to someone who just gets it. Like this conversation is happening so naturally. Whereas with my partner or a girlfriend that doesn't experience PCOS, um, it almost feels like I'm annoying them or I'm a burden or they just don't get it right like it's almost like pulling teeth yeah um I can, yeah. I can totally understand because because my situation is a bit different I have one close friend I have a close friend 
and she has PCOS so we kind of lean on each other and Mm -hmm. I guess that actually makes sense when you say you put all of that emotion on that person because that's who you've got and for me that's her so she's Mm kind of understanding what I'm going through and vice versa I think coming onto this coming into this space and just learning about things like I'm dragging her along the journey with me like everything I find out she finds out as well everything Mm -hmm. I know she gets she knows as well so it's quite nice to to find people other people because I know it's such a common thing if they're saying one in ten it's such a common thing it's so Mm -hmm. common but because like not a lot of people know about it or your doctor's like oh it's all right don't worry or he just fobs you off and I say he because that's out of order, but you know, but um, most likely with me. Um, it's just, it's nice to know that there is a huge community. I didn't know this community was so big. A oh my huge gosh, community yes. of people that are going through this. And I've had messages from people like, I didn't know this that PCOS did this. I'm like, girl, I didn't even know too. <laughs> Me and you <laughs> learning together. I didn't exactly. Know. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. I was gonna say you don't get this kind of information uh when you go to your doctor's office. No. No. Oh. So that's another thing that I wanted to ask you. So you're a nurse. So going through your whole um, student journey, medical student journey, nurse journey, what did they say? Did you learn a lot about PCOS? Did they ever touch on the subject? Did you find out most of your information via Instagram or the online community or is it through your learning journey? Um, so I'll tell you right now, nursing school, uh, they don't even bring up PCOS at all. Um, literally women's reproductive health is one chapter and it's just literally about the stages of labor, um, how to care for a woman after labor. And that's all we touched upon, honestly, like you don't learn anything. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you take us, you go into more of a specialty course, um, you can find it. But I think even then, like from what I've seen, cause that is actually what I want to go into. I want to go into women's health and fertility. Um, like a lot of it's still very much around childbirth and that kind of thing um but I don't see a lot about PCOS so mm. it's it's actually really sad I did very much learn a lot through this community mm. um online more than I have ever learned from my educational background and also from my own doctors there needs to be a bigger push for more information about PCOS mm. considering it's affecting this many women yeah you know even you just saying it's one in 10, um, honestly, just the what up from what I'm seeing, it feels like it's way more than that. Oh, yeah. Because mm. every single woman in my life, except for one girlfriend that I know has PCOS. Mm. So, yeah. So it is very, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's did, more common than we think. I did an article and the article went out and um, it was for a blog page and a lot of like people I know and family members follow this blog page and when my article came out because no one knew like some people knew that I had a podcast but no one knew a lot of people didn't know about my podcast a lot of people don't know about my PCOS when this article came out I got so like I got messages from people in my own family who were like we've got I've got P oh so you got PCOS I got PCOS so I was like what I got friends friends messaging me like oh yeah I've got PCOS how do you deal with it no 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 I'm like oh my god like I sat with you literally a couple of weeks ago how how are we not having this conversation it's such a major thing that hits your life it hits every part of your being and Mm -hmm. 
we're just expected to keep it to ourselves and like you say go ahead just deal with it and it's like what Mm -hmm. so it's mad that like there's a load of people out there even in my own personal life that are going through the same struggles as me I'm like 32 now these people are the same age as me and we've been going through this and silently just not telling each other like we've all been just sitting here struggling with it for so many years in silence it's insane like because we can see how healing it is when we do connect with other women and you have this like community that really just encourages you um on your lowest days you know how much it 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 just it doesn't stop your pcos but it does make the world feel a little less lonely kind of understanding pcos more also makes me feel more at peace so knowing that it's affecting my mental health knowing that it affects my weight (laughs) that's a big one (laughs) I heard it it deals with um dry eyes I get dry eyes yeah I get dry eyes I was like no wonder I have dry eyes there you go (laughs) (laughs) damn there you go like (laughs) it affects so much things and I'm like wow and it's hard to explain that to people who just don't understand it right um I feel like a lot of the times we're so dismissed especially because the first thing everyone sees is the physical everything else is so invisible Mm -hmm. but when they see the physical which is our weight you know that's the first thing you're judged for oh like you're being lazy oh you're not doing enough like or you're doing too much or you know like you got to change up your routine and it's like little do they know like you know like all the things that you've done have led to eating disorders or like, you know, body dysmorphia, all these different things like you're struggling with silently. Um, and it's just so dismissed by that simple statement that, oh, like you're not working out enough or you're not eating healthy. Like, and you know what's annoying when it comes from like people in your own cycle and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. you, except like you, you are a nurse. There's no way you're sitting down the whole day there's no there's no way you're sitting down for the whole especially in this pandemic there is no way you're sitting down for the whole day you can't tell me I'm not exercising Mm. you're always on your feet do you get what I mean Mm -hmm. during your kind of investigative journey into finding out what what was going on with you how because in the UK I think in Canada they have the same type of um public health that we have in the UK so it's not private like America it's all government owned right um for me personally I find it very hard to navigate because everything comes down to I guess cost and an in and out thing so you're admitted then you're discharged if that makes sense how do you how do you find it especially with your nursing with your nursing career how do you find it navigating and advocating for yourself when you're speaking to doctors about your symptoms and what you're going through and to get to the point of being diagnosed it is definitely a struggle like you would think that because I have some kind of a medical background it would make things a little easier um but it definitely does not because here's the thing like I can't sit here and be like oh I special I specialize in PCOS or you know like I don't know everything about it right Mm -hmm. um but when you go in to a doctor's office um you know your patient doesn't matter if you're a nurse your doctor whatever your patient and I was going with that mentality um, but at the same time and I know this isn't all doctors but I find that when you disclose to them that you have some kind of a medical background whether you're a nurse or doctor or whatever the heck 
they automatically get this, I like their defenses go up because they automatically just assume you're one of those people that are going to act like, you know, everything and like, you know, kind of be like the non-compliant patient. Cause you know, they do say that nurses and doctors are the worst patients. Um, <laughs> and I'm very aware of that. So I try not to be that for the most part, I've learned my lesson. I just don't disclose that because I automatically feel the, sh- the dynamic change, but at the same time, it's really hard to advocate for yourself, you know, even with, with or without that that background it's so hard to advocate for yourself because ultimately um you know you come in like you you have all this research about like lifestyle choices and all these things and it's so frustrating when you go into the office and you know that they can offer you more uh, when it comes to health teaching and all these things and all they keep telling you is well if you're not going to go on birth control then I can't offer you anything else and you know, come back to me when you're ready to have a baby. That is really frustrating to hear because I just don't understand how, like, and I said, it's not all practitioners. So I hope I don't like, you know, piss yeah. anyone else off, but like, there is so much more that we can be doing for these women. And I feel like so many times we're dismissed mm-hmm. with just, oh, either just lose weight or go on birth control. Because there are times where, you know, I'll try to bring up something that is a lifestyle thing, or, you know, even just like, I'm so scared to tell my doctor that, you know, I want to try and natural path and I think about it and I'm like you know it's it's crazy like these these we should be able to have conversations with our doctors just like the one that you and I are having mm-hmm. where it's it's like an open form of communication and you know we're both ultimately like looking at one goal mm-hmm. um but it really just feels like when I'm in these appointments that um there's they really don't know anything about PCOS, you know, and you don't want to, you don't want to question someone's educational background because that's not it at all. Mm. But it feels like if you say something, it comes off to them like you are. Mm. I've had you know, tell me that. I had a doctor tell me, um, he goes, did you go on Dr. Google? I said, yeah. He goes, I didn't go to medical school for 12 years for you to be telling me what Dr. Google saying. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See, that pisses me off right there, you know, because like I'm telling you, there's no doctor in this world that knows everything about everything. And that's okay. Like, that's mm. okay to admit, you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's always a learning journey. But like when you come with that mentality, like it just it just closes the doors for anything to go any further. Oh, you it's closed the door to him because I don't go to him no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame he's, you. Like, he's, he, yeah. I only go to him in desperate circumstances. And even then it's a bit of a battle. Like I find it very hard to, well, actually now I find it very easy. I think because I'm learning more about PCOS and because I'm learning of how to kind of advocate for myself I'm noticing that I'm getting things done more quickly I'm noticing that I'm getting listened to more Mm -hmm. um I'm noticing that like I went for a blood test and the blood test came back quickly but the only problem is I was never sent for a blood test about um my blood glucose because obviously PCOS affects your insulin right yeah, I was never sent to, to the doctors. I think only once, and that's when they put me on metformin. I was never sent to the doctors to find out about my sugars or how my sugars are, how my blood glucose is. It's only now that I'm sitting here and I'm advocating for myself and I'm saying that I've got PCOS, you've seen it on my notes, that they're taking it seriously and now checking up on me. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's it's mad that you kind of have to not be on your P's and Q's because it should be an, yeah, it is. You have to be on your P's and Q's when you're dealing with, with your doctor. You have to kind of know what you're talking about. 
sometimes I have to rehearse what I'm going to say. I write it down. I have my app ready because he's going to ask me the type questions. When was your last period? When was your period? How heavy was it? Like I've got all the information ready and I'm ready for them. And I think me preparing my has helped them help me. Yes, absolutely. But sometimes it shouldn't be like that because not all people have that kind of access. I'm from the Caribbean. The thing is that um, they always say that PCOS, well, the, the theory is PCOS is genetic, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about people like, like my family back home in the Caribbean, I'm thinking, wow, how do they, how do they deal with it? If we're struggling to get heard, how are they feeling? Exactly. I think they honestly just accept it as a part of their life. Like, you know, like almost like they, what they don't know, just feels natural to them so like I feel a lot of them go undiagnosed like even my mom I'm pretty sure she had it 100%. and you know all her sisters had it my mm-hmm. cousins have it mm-hmm. and like our generation like my cousins finally got diagnosed but I'm pretty sure the generations before that they just lived with it thinking this is just what yeah. their bodies do yeah. um and it's sad because um we can see that once we do start getting the ball rolling of understanding just the simple fact that you said it took this long to even get your glucose checked think about if these things were being checked when we had initially started having issues in our teenage years right like where would our bodies be now if we could understand what insulin resistance meant what kind of foods should we be eating to make ourselves feel better I always say like when it's people of color it's like we're trying to break a generational curse Mm-hmm. and I'm quite proud of us to be fair like yeah I know going forward every every female in my family is going to know about PCOS just because yes. of me <laughs> like <laughs> going forward through the generations they will all know <laughs> about PCOS you're going to be the PCOS fairy in your family PCOS fairy in my family because <laughs> I opened my big mouth <laughs> uh, yeah for so, sure I'm quite proud of like when I see people of color talking about PCOS and you know how they're feeling because I know they're definitely breaking a generational curse. Well that's actually what I was gonna like I was actually gonna bring that up because when I had first joined the community um mind you it's not like I was like actively seeking other women of color particularly you know it's just whoever res like whoever could relate relate but like I just felt like whoa like I I just see white people like everywhere I didn't I wasn't finding a lot of uh, people of color with PCOS and it took me like almost a year to really like look at my timeline and see the difference that like a lot more women of color um were starting to make accounts and like start talking about their journeys and find like just like I don't know how the algorithms work on Instagram and stuff as well but you know they make it really difficult to find fine people yeah Yeah. yes you know um so as much as you know I like I I was really relating to everyone that you know I was following and stuff it did still feel very like isolated because there was that added factor of like when you like I mean I understand like a lot a lot of women um get just with PCOS get dismissed when they go to doctors and stuff but I do feel like there is something there's that also added factor when you're a person of color oh yeah Yeah. you know (laughs) everything you say is just so subjective and it's just it takes forever to find someone who really believes you I definitely think the pandemic and lockdown has definitely kind of increased that because people start to really you ain't got nothing to do you start concentrating on yourself like even now we're in 2021 I'm noticing people of color that are speaking out of PCOS and I think that's why 
I really want to have this podcast because um I've noticed that there's a lot of podcasts that are not there's no like personal color that's talking about PCOS on a podcast and that's why I always want to give the opportunity to have people of color to come onto the podcast and tell their story to let other people of color know I'm getting somewhere with this they're not alone basically and I, I really appreciate that I really appreciate that because and I'm sorry for cutting you off there no, no, um no. But I, I just didn't want to lose my train of thought. I do find that in our communities, like um, with, with people of color, a lot of us um, are hesitant in general, just when we have issues to go seek out medical help. So it is really nice to see a community being formed where, you know, even if you don't feel safe going to a medical professional, at least having some kind of support to say, hey, you know what, this is happening with my body and this isn't normal. Maybe this is something that I should investigate yeah. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it is definitely a good outlet because I feel like culturally that is a norm with most cultures of people mm. in color to not go to the doctor unless you're really like on your deathbed or something. British thing as well, because we say, oh, you don't <laughs> want to bother the doctor, you know, yes. it's NHS, it's national health. No, 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 they can't waste their money on me. That's how we think about it over here. Yeah. And I'm sure that's the same in, in Canada. But I'm, I'm really glad I came across your page because, like I said, when I saw Fat PCOS, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm always too scared that the name is, like, so vulgar because, like, sometimes I have, like, really hardcore Christian, like, PCOS people, like, follow me. And I'm just like, what do they think when they, like, click on my username and press follow? <laughs> like, are they, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I do not like filter myself no, at all. Myself so like, I'm just like, are you sure I'm the person you want you to be follow? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, you don't sugar. Because PCOS shouldn't be sugarcoated. It shouldn't. Yeah, be. It shouldn't. You have to be. It, you have to be yeah. honest about it. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad you've said yes. Because I remember I keep saying to people like, I have my list. I have my notes of like my episodes and who I wanted to talk to, and First, I had the PCOS doctor, and then there was you. <laughs> Second, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to ask her. No, I'm not going to ask her. Yeah, I'm going to ask her. Okay, let's go and ask her. No, I'm honored. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Because, like, I, I honestly, like, before you even messaged me, like, I, my girlfriend and I talk about this all the time, and I'm like, you know, we were literally saying nobody talks about this. Mm. Um, so thank you for giving me that platform to, like, vent. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram at underscore f x c k p c o s because i didn't really want to put fuck so i put fuck <laughs> with the x instead of the u you know just in case okay and i'll put everything in the um the synopsis where you can find rena and definitely follow her give her a follow honestly i follow real and raw people and you should too because then you find out the nitty-gritty of pcos it's not all sunshine and reels of dancing it's literally things that we are going through so please give her a follow again every time i have like a guest on this podcast i always forget to do a proper outro because me and the guests will just be chittery chattering and i just forget i'm doing a podcast so yes here is the ending. This is when I finished editing. Thank you, Tarina, for joining me on this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And, you know, you kind of learned something new about PCOS because as I keep saying and have said repeatedly in this episode, prolonged periods are not spoken about. 
and I think it's something that really does need to be highlighted. So I will see you in my next episode. Bye.